today what I want to talk about is this understanding that your identity is directly tied to your understanding of who he is. And I just want to flow from that today. And we're going to, you know, really dig into that just a little bit into some specific scriptures. Um, Maybe we'll talk about this over the next few weeks because I feel a strong leading of the Lord to um, stay in this area for a bit. And I think it's because there are so many of us that are trying to find our identities in everything and every person, every position, every title that we can. But for many of us, we haven't started from the source. We haven't begun the search, if you will, for identity with the source of all things. And if we want to be able to achieve anything for the Lord in the long run, we must begin here. So, That's kind of what we're doing today. So um, before we get started, I guess I'll give a little background about myself and some of the ways that I came to this particular um, battle that I faced in my life Um, and then kind of go into a little bit about how that relates to my experiences as far as being um, in the church and being in ministry and, you know, some other things as well. But then we will definitely, definitely go into a little bit of scripture to talk about it also, and then we'll branch out from there. (laughs) So um, I try to keep these around 30 minutes or so, but I make no promises or guarantees. (laughs) I just go with whatever the Lord um, gives me, and that is what it is, right? So for starters, um, I'll just kind of start with a little background into myself, right? So I was born, and I've talked about this before on the channel, I was born into a situation where I really was led to feel and believe that Um, I was rejected and abandoned from a very, very young age. So I remember as young as five, six years old, hearing my aunts um, and my grandmother, sometimes even my uncles, talk about how my mother didn't want to have a child that was black um, and how her self-hate um, for herself led to her really by design hating me. (laughs) And, um, so these are my earliest memories of my mother. These are the, um, things that were in embedded in my subconscious, right? Um, as an understanding of who I was and what my purpose was and, all of these really, really nasty things, right? And um, as I got older, I got angry, if I'm honest. (laughs) I embraced the, quote, angry black woman trope, you know, that you see emphasized on television and in the media and all of that. I started to embrace this mindset that if I could just be hard enough, if I could just have a thick enough shell then no one could penetrate it. 
But if you know me, you know that that is a futile attempt on my part because it is just not who I am. My entire life, I've been a lover of people. I am essentially a soft-hearted person who loves completely and totally and with my entire heart. So pretty much if you come into my life, sometimes for five minutes, we might run into each other somewhere and just talk for five or ten minutes. There are people that I've spoken to for moments that I've prayed for, thought about, um, and really warred in the spirit for for years after we had any type of connection. And this is because it was the way I was created. And we'll come back to that in a little bit. But I warred against this nature my entire life. Um, my entire life, I was, people said things to me like, you know, you've got to get thicker skin. You've got to stop loving so hard. You've got to learn how to put walls up because I used to try to put walls up. I used to really endeavor to put walls up between me and other people, but it just was futile because it was not part of my bandwidth. I didn't know how to do it. And because of this, right, oftentimes people would take advantage of that. They would capitalize on my desire for deep relationship and deep intimacy with other people and um, they would use it as a weapon against me. So um, on the other side of things, right, so I, I went through much of my youth and young adulthood trying to suppress many of the components that were part of how I was created to function in the ways that God created me to function. In other words, God called me to bring oftentimes in the room, shift the atmosphere by taking his love that exists in me and just exploding it out into the room, into the spirit realm. And instead of embracing that, I often spent time um, being reclusive and um, ruminating on things that people had done for me. But by the time I hit, you know, adolescence, I was angry. I was angry at my mother. I was angry at my family. I was angry at myself, right? And um, I wasn't trying to really be that person. So I was trying to suppress it. Well, I then had a season where I was like, you know, okay, well, um, what do we see? We see, you know, like the girls on TV and they're going out every weekend and they're, you know, using guys for dinners and they're doing this stuff. So I tried for a very short um, period of time to embrace that. Um, I tried to be the girl that was no strings attached and all about the fun time. I tried to be her. Again, it was futile because these were not natures that were part of who I am. Why do I go into this so deeply? Because I need you to understand that I believe that there are some people out there who may hear this video, may hear this podcast, may hear this 
discussion and they may be in that season of life right now. So they may be in the, the, the moment that I am no longer in where they feel led to operate one way, but they're suppressing that and embracing an identity that was thrust upon them by someone other than the person of uh, Holy Spirit. So it's not by the person who created them. It's by other people. And some of these other people, and here's, here's a hard thing to swallow. Some of the other people that will give you an identity or try to give you an identity that isn't how you were created, they have good intentions. Like, for instance, my friends who told me I needed to grow thicker skin. I needed to learn how to be tougher. I needed to stop letting people manipulate and use me. They told me these things with the best of intentions. They didn't have intentions to manipulate or use me or lead me astray. They were speaking from their understanding. And that's the piece we have to remember. Whenever we're getting our identity or components of our identity from other people, we have to understand that their advice is flowing from their perception. So in other words, if someone perceives that single mothers need to be tough and we need to be, you know, have a hard exterior and not let anybody get close, if that's their understanding and they're operating from that level of perception, then they're going to speak and give you advice from that perception. Their perception could be totally off completely wrong, completely flawed. But if that is what they know and that is what they understand, then that's going to be what they give you advice from, right? So that's one of the reasons why we cannot get these um, revelations or truths from other people because sometimes they just don't know. They're giving what they have, but what they have may be completely off, that is hard to hear, especially if you're talking about family, close friends, people you love, people that you know love you. They may have the best of intentions. They may intend to be really good and really kind and really caring, but they may be completely and totally flawed. And we have to open the door to that possibility, right? Because they didn't create you. Now, on the contrary side, sometimes God does speak through people. So sometimes your parents and what they've shown you is true. And it's because God is speaking through them. So they are speaking from a revelation. Sometimes your church leaders are speaking from a revelation that they received from the Lord about who and what you are or how you're meant to show up in this world. But you cannot just embrace someone else's opinions and views as law and reshape your identity because of it. And the point of all that is to say, I spent years doing just that, right? So as we move forward, um, I was in very, very, very abusive relationships because of this. I literally constantly found basically 
I used to say about myself that if I was in a room and 99 people were good, loving, healthy people, and there was one person hiding in the corner who was abusive and toxic and did not know how to hell have healthy relationship, that one person is who I would gravitate towards. This is because that which you believe about yourself is generally what you seek out. So as hard as this is to hear, and this is another component of this channel, right? We attack trauma, we attack mindsets, we attack viewpoints that are harmful and lead us to perpetuate harmful traumatic cycles in our lives. If you're a person and it seems like everybody you run across is toxic, everybody you run across is an abuser or a user, or they manipulate you or do you wrong in any way, you have to ask yourself, is that because somewhere deep down inside, you see yourself as being a person that deserves this level of treatment. And if that's the case, if that's the case, if that's how you see yourself, this is the perfect video for you to listen to today. This is the perfect episode for you to listen because this is when we're going to talk about how we can begin to take a hammer and just pick right through some of those mindsets and beliefs and views and we can go right to the source and we can get the truth of who we are. So I began to really get a revelation of Jesus, I would say about three years ago, three and a half years ago, early 2020 is when it started. Um, and I, I like to say to people that um, your revelation of Jesus it, it goes deeper and deeper and will for the rest of your life and for all of eternity. This is a person that, according to scripture, says that all things are created in him. So he is vast. The revelation of him is vast and it is deep and it is unending. And so because of that, we will spend eternity understanding and coming into deeper and deeper revelation of who he is. We can never say, I've got it down packed. I know exactly who Jesus is. I don't need anything more. That time never happens. Even into eternity, we will be being led into deeper and deeper levels of revelation of who he is. This is not something that I made up. This is in scripture. And also, if you think about it, it's pretty much common sense. So, so when we talk about this revelation that happened, right? So in the world, as we say it, you know, um, and we'll talk about this, 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 this delusion of the separation of the church and the world another day. But today we're going to focus on this topic, right? So when I was uh, before having this revelation of Jesus and who he is, um, I went through a lot of trauma. I went through a lot of torture. I went through massive amounts of abuse and, um, being pulled into very, very dark moments um, year after year, encounter after encounter, I struggled. But 
when I came into this revelation of who Jesus is and began to walk in it, right? I experienced shift in how I saw myself, right? But the shift was not as complete as I would like to would have liked to believe. So in other words, what am I saying? When before this revelation of Jesus, I thought getting a certain degree would give me identity and value. I thought getting a certain job title would give me identity and value. I thought that by having a relationship or certain relationships, I would get identity and value. I'm going to say something that's controversial and some people will not like it. You may even turn off this podcast if you're listening after I say it. But the reality is if we really look at what's going on in the church, in the body of Christ, many of us take the same view we have and we simply apply Jesus or topics related to him to that view and we keep pressing forward in the same direction that we're going. The problem with this is that the laws that operate in the kingdom, in the realm of the spirit, they do not mirror, they're not identical, right, to the laws that operate in the natural, in the carnal world. In fact, it's more of an inverse relationship. In other words, what the world considers right, we in the kingdom know is wrong. What the world considers success, we oftentimes don't see as a success. It can even be failure. Case in point, if I wanted to be a public speaker in, in, the, in the world, right? I wanted to be like a motivational speaker. If I would view success as how many people came to my meetings, not necessarily how many of those people began to be transformed through the things I was saying. Yeah, we want them to be transformed because that translates into bigger crowds of people coming. But ultimately, once they've bought the ticket and they follow my social media and they're following my teachings and buying the book, you know, or whatever, then I'm successful in the world. However, in the kingdom, this is not how we view success. A good example of this is to consider how repeatedly um, in scripture, even Jesus himself says, we are to know someone by the fruit. So the fruit is not meant to be an instant gratification, And we've gotten that wrong in a lot of ways. So in a lot of ways, we look at something as saying, okay, well, where's the fruit of this thing that this person is doing? But if we even apply common sense to this view of fruit, there's a reason he uses fruit. Because fruit is something that grows out of a seed eventually. What do I mean by that? I mean, you can... That's why scripture says, don't get weary in well-doing, because I can sow seeds for the kingdom for 20 years and not see the full fruit manifest from those seeds that I'm sowing. 
And what we like to do is we like to say, oh, no, if you're really doing the work of the kingdom, if you're really, if you're transformed, if your heart is transformed, right? Because if we look at the, the, the fruits of the spirit, they are really about character. They really flow very well into the Beatitudes. So if you read the Beatitudes preaching that Jesus did in Matthew, you'll actually see a lot there leads to the fruits of the spirit that we see. So, but the thing is, it takes time for these fruits to manifest in the lives of people. So when we're looking at someone and it says, know them by their fruit, we have to understand that in many cases, it takes time for this fruit to spring up. So why did I go off on a tangent about fruit? Because ultimately the reality is we come into the kingdom, many of us, and we take a lot of the worldly views that we've had, our ambitions, our thought patterns, and our mindsets, and we simply slap Jesus' name on it and um, maybe, maybe tweak it a little bit. And we begin to pursue the very same things that the world is pursuing and just say that we're pursuing it for the kingdom. So in other words, when I was in the world, because I'll use myself, right? When I was in the world, I chased... Um, a college education. You know, I wanted a certain level of college education. So when I came into the kingdom, I oftentimes chased a revelation. And yes, and I don't mean a revelation of Jesus himself. I mean, being the most revelatory person in the room, being able to post a Facebook post that was super insightful and, and, and showed that I had a very strong prophetic gift, right? I chased the manifestation of certain gifts. You hear this all the time in people that are in the kingdom. We are chasing, um, seeing the dead rays, the lepers cleanse, the blind given sight. We, we are chasing these, but the key part is this. If we're chasing them for any reason except love, we are actually in the wrong spirit. So the, the key that we must remember in, in the kingdom is that what you do, the fruit that you sow in, which love is a fruit of the spirit, right? So if I'm pursuing everything for love, the fruit that will come from those actions can only be the fruit of love. But if I'm pursuing it because I want a name for myself, which really translates back to pride, pride is not a fruit of the spirit. So if I'm sowing in pride, the fruit of it can only be more pride or something that is not a fruit of the spirit, right? So we have to understand that when we come into the kingdom, we have to shift to the kingdom way of viewing things. Now, this brings me full circle back to what we're talking about today, right? So that was a little, little foundation laying that we did there. If we are to be who we were created to be, 
we have to understand that it starts and ends in one place. That is not how gifted you are. That is not how many people listen to you as you minister. Has nothing to do with how much money you get, how much acclaim you get, how well known you are. These are things that they can be okay if they're if they're things that God brings us into and they're meant for his glory. But if we are pursuing these things, it's a problem. And we'll park that there. We'll come back to that another time, right? But I'm going to go over to the book of Colossians. And I am in chapter one, uh, beginning with verse 16. Now, this section in my Bible, yours may be different, which I'm reading from the Passion Translation, is um, titled, The Supremacy of Christ, okay? And it says, actually, I'll start with 15, sorry. So it says, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. So what is this scripture telling us? In a nutshell, this scripture is telling us a few things. First of all, we have to move past seeing Jesus and seeing his genesis as beginning when the, the Virgin Mary was overshadowed by Holy Spirit and he became an embryo in her belly. That is not the beginning or genesis of Jesus. This verse is telling us he existed. He existed. He was, he was there in the beginning. He was there before anything else was created. So just like we know that God and Holy Spirit are uncreated beings, so is the Son. He is not a created being. In fact, this verse goes on to explain to us the reality that not only is he not created, all things, whether in heaven or on earth, this includes every living thing, which is us, we all were created by him and through him, and we find our completion in him. In other words, everything you see, everything you are, every part of your being finds its completion in him. We cannot find, see, and understand who we are separate from him. 
This is the problem when we gain our identity and understanding of who we are from other people, from church leaders, from society, from family, from friends. They may be well-meaning. They may have your best interest at heart. Like they may mean well and have intentions to just point you in the right direction. But the reality is they cannot speak to your divine purpose. Only he can. And until we view him as being what he is, which is both the initiator and completion of all things, we're going to struggle to see ourselves because we're trying to see ourselves outside of him. And as that scripture points to us, there is nothing that exists outside of him. Everything finds its completion in him. So, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I did a podcast and it was called The Mirror. And this is because I got this revelation from the Lord that just like Jesus is the mirror image of God, we are the mirror image of Jesus in this world. Where did I get that crazy statement from? I got it from scripture. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. So we are the mirror image of Jesus in this world. And I would even take it a step further and I would say, if you read the book of Genesis, you will see that our purpose was initially to be the mirror image of God in this world. That was what we were created for. That's why scripture specifically says, God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. The intention for man was to bring the glory of God and birth it into creation and, 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 and display it for all the world to see. That's why Romans says all creation is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. And that word sons of God that's used in Romans refers to mature sons of God operating from the revelation of sonship, the knowledge and understanding that we were created to be the mirror image of God in this world. And until we step out of these mindsets that we can find our identity in a title, we can find our, our identity in uh, ministry platforms. We can find our identity in giftings. We can't find our identity in any of those things. The only place that we can find our true identity is in our union with him. If you're trying to find your identity in anything other than your union with Christ, you're going to struggle because that is not where your identity lies. Your identity lies in Christ. It lies in him. That's the point of us being reminded in Colossians that all things find their completion in him. If, if, if we're trying to, to create an identity for ourselves separate from him, we are going to be confused 
we are going to be wondering how we uh, can reach the point of, of, of being who he created us to be. This is why you have, this is why you have people, and I don't say this to bully anyone, but this is why you have people who've been walking with the Lord for 30 or 40 years, and if you ask them, who did God create you to be? They'll tell you they don't know. Because we've been teaching for years that we can find an identity separate from Christ. And it's just, no, there's nothing scriptural to back this idea up. There's, there's, there's no actual scripture to point to us being able to achieve an identity separate from him. Why? Because there is no separate from him. And the sooner we come into that understanding and that revelation and we begin to live from that union that we have with him, that's when we begin to experience the overflow. I'll tell you something about me in particular, my walk with the Lord, right? I lived many years not living from the overflow. I spent many years striving. I spent many years, you know, um, even the past few years, trying to be that which I thought I needed to be to prove my union with him. And then it was this, I went to this conference and I literally got wrecked to a point where Jesus became my portion. And when, when I experienced that, when I experienced that he, he was every part of everything that I am, it gave me the courage to reject the parts of my personality that I took on because I was trying to be what someone else told me I needed to be. And I began to really understand, wow, I am actually, what, what, whatever I am, it's okay because it's just meant to flow from this union with him. And if I exist in my union with him, then all aspects of me having to prove myself, all aspects of me feeling like I have to find a way to be or do something, they just fade away. They lose all power. And this is the reality that we walk in when we really learn and we really understand that there is nothing aside from him. There is nothing aside from him. There's no life without him. That calling, that ministry that you think you're called to, it's never going to be anything until you dive in to the revelation of your union with him. And out of that will come this overflow that will reveal to you without trying 
exactly who you are, exactly what you're called to do, and exactly how you're meant to show up. So again, the the purpose of today's video is just to say, listen, if you're struggling in this area today, if this is something that's that's a difficult space for you, you're wondering who you are and 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 I it doesn't matter if you are a brand new person who's just beginning to have a revelation of who Jesus is and you're, you know, just figuring it all out or if you've been walking with him for years and it feels like a lifetime has passed, it does not matter. Today is the day that you can come into the truth of a revelation of who you are. But please understand, you can only come into this place through an understanding of who he is first. Right? So once you understand your union with him, then, then he will be the revealer of all truth to you. So I know this was a little longer than usual, but um, I really felt this, this subject on my heart, and um, I hope it was helpful. I will see you guys next time. Bye.